It's like the conversation can only start if someone starts it. And so a lot with construction, people stick to what they know and what they bring to the table and the value. They talk about only things they know, which is important. I should probably do more of that. But, um, you know, that person really pulls in any issue they don't understand or see linking to the project. Uh, that's just invaluable because it gets those conversations going. Hello, innovators. I'm Todd Wyant, and welcome to the Bridging the Gap podcast presented by Applied Software Great Tech Group. You're invited to join our conversation to model the future of construction innovation and the digital transformation adventure of this great industry. This is a special episode that we recorded live from the Advancing Prefabrication 2023 show. It was awesome to be with the innovators and change makers throughout the prefab and modular world. There's a ton of energy and momentum in the movement. Enjoy hearing the insights and trends around productization, data, communication, and so much more. Now, on to the interview. All right, so we are live here at day two of Advancing Prefab 2023. I'm joined by Anthony. Thanks for taking the time and coming up over. Of course, anytime. Looking forward to it. So for the audience, can you give a little bit of who you are, a little bit about your background and why you came to Advancing Prefab? Sure. Uh, well, I'm the Director of Development for uh, Leap of Faith Partners, which is a modular, uh, volumetric modular real estate developer uh, based in Los Angeles. And uh, we're focused on executing projects uh, as effectively as possible Yeah. as owner developers. And me, I'm uh, a mix of an engineer and a business person and very excited about what modular brings to development performance. Nice. So, what's the what's the mix there between engineer and, and business person? How's that How's that play it's out? It's interesting. <laughs> uh, well, um, you know, I'm not. I haven't fully realized the value of the MBA yet, but I'm sure <laughs> I'm sure it'll work out. Um, I worked for a wonderful uh, volumetric modular structural engineer uh -huh. for a while and felt that that was critical to executing projects. Uh, you know volumetric modular fashion because you have to do a lot of front front load a lot of the design mm -hmm. uh, a lot of people talk about it um, but the mix of the business part is that there needed to be a thesis around del delivering better housing uh, a ton of people talk about it but I think there's a specific overlay between doing more as a development office because you're doing volumetric modular mm -hmm. forget about the costing and the time savings and all that just the fact that you can have two directors of development doing seven projects mm -hmm. instead of three mm -hmm. and since it's a relatively well-paid position then the firm saves money more projects get done um, that's a thesis in and of itself you know yeah how are you uh, seeing that really starting to, to play out yeah so uh, exactly and, and how you present it to investors uh, LPs rather for these development projects in multifamily mm -hmm. uh, is sort of at the crux of starting that development business so mm -hmm. that's where I always wanted to be and kind of a dream come true you know? nice that's awesome so any kind of big takeaways so far from advancing prefab oh yeah there's a ton of people here that just really know their stuff <laughs> uh so i sat in on almost every track um well you can't do every track uh on one visit but i was consistent in the owner developer track um and there's just a ton of directly like day-to-day -day project execution stuff no yeah. fluff and that was really nice to see um yeah, learning a ton. I don't even know where to start, but we do our projects. We learn from them. Uh, but it's always good when you can just learn off of PowerPoint yeah. and not spend the money. <laughs> right. So, anything that you're like, no, we definitely have to implement that on day mm -hmm. one coming back. 
You know, um, there was a lot about, uh, and this was in my presentation as well, the, the shooting of the um, alignment of mods and we're doing it kind of analog now, mm. uh, but for sure that should be something uh, that we study. And then I was looking for anything related to site because sites are always unique. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're when we're in that pre-con stage, the more buses we can see coming, the more mm-hmm. we can step out of the way. Um, so there were a lot of focus on that as well, um, on the owner-developer track in particular. So a lot yeah. of takeaways there. What's the uh, what friction needs to be removed to to really be able to see all those those buses coming at you? You know. Um, I used to say it'd be to bring in other stakeholders, like external consultants earlier. Mm-hmm. But I've noticed we've done really well since, and we're a smaller firm, so it might be just for you know um, experience specific. Mm-hmm. But for me, um, the more dialogue we have internally with um, everyone from development through pre-con, mm-hmm. just a disordinate amount of time on, on site conditions has been mm-hmm. very useful. Yeah. And um, everything from you know, um, site leveling to to excavation and per, back to permitting. Um, having that streamlined communication is good. We keep it to just a few personnel, uh, so that helps us. But I think as you grow, you gotta have more and more of those conversations, and uh, it's very interesting to see how that's gonna pan out. Yeah, I mean, communication. It's it's interesting you brought that up because that's been kind of a, a reoccurring theme of in course. most of these <laughs> conversations as we communicate, communication yeah. has come up uh, of the the need to get better at it in construction and, and really smooth that out and, and get the right people talking. Which is yeah. n- nothing super groundbreaking, but the, the groundbreakingness comes in and that it just isn't happening at the scale and the pace that it needs to happen in construction. Right, right. First, you know what I've noticed, the, the more, I don't know if to call it like a flag on the play or the first identifier of, of not even a potential issue or just a condition that needs to be verified. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe it's me, I'm, uh, my learning curve is tremendous. I feel like I've been drinking from a fire hose for the last like five years. But um, I've noticed that, you know, the most valuable people are the ones that bring uh, a site condition to everyone's attention or any sort of condition related to the project, everyone's attention for clarity early. Mm-hmm. It's like the conversation can only start if someone starts it. Mm-hmm. And so a lot with construction, people stick to what they know and what they bring to the table and the value. They talk about only things they know, which is important. Uh, I, sh- I should probably do more of that. But um, you know, that person that really pulls in any issue they don't understand or see linking to the project, uh, mm-hmm. that's just invaluable because it gets those conversations going. Mm-hmm. And um, as I go to different, you know, as sort of firms progress, I've noticed that some cultures are very oriented around bringing that information up and others less so. Mm-hmm. I think that's a huge differentiator. Yeah, any thoughts on how to help build a culture that really has that at the, the forefront of we're going to communicate, we're going to bring this stuff up, and not only that, we're going to keep an open mind when somebody says something that you might think is stupid, but yeah, yeah. Keep an open mind, and maybe there's a nugget of truth in there. I'm really, I'm really going to use that MBA today. Huh? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, uh, you know, I can't even pretend to be a management consultant, but I think you know, uh, one thing I love about uh, Leap of Faith Partners is that, like, uh, I've just no one ever gets mad at me. It's great. <laughs> so it's a good and, place to be. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and I bring up all sorts of questions, and sometimes they're coherent, sometimes they're not. And I think just that welcomingness. Uh, sometimes I find good stuff, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I could only do that if I could explore and, and ask the silly question first and sort of navigate it. Because if you're, yeah. you're going to 
have to make assumptions because you you know you're concerned about verifying because you don't know how to navigate something socially. It's just gonna truncate what you bring to the table. Mm -hmm. So it just that kindness is uh, really really valuable. So. That's not an NBA word, but I've seen it. <laughs> Kindness goes across the all it's a good spectrum. Thing, right? Yeah. So forget nice. it. Yeah. What do you think the journey to productization looks like? Um, the journey to productization. Um, our experience is that we're talking to fabricators. Mm -hmm. We're never. We're not. Uh, we don't believe we're going to bring fabrication in house ever. Mm -hmm. uh, we stick to development, acquisition, bringing things through precon you know, presenting to investors and, and executing mm -hmm. hopefully fund one next year. Um, but the productization element is that effectively they look at what we've done with our designers and we're on our 12th project now, uh, especially this one at scale, 100 plus units, um, at what the best product looks like. Mm -hmm. It's diverse, it's interesting, but it's appropriate for fabrication. Uh, and I've noticed that on the fabricator side of things, on the designer side of things, they're getting really good at dialing in what level of productization mm. makes sense, mm. or level of standardization, and in doing so, uh, refining products mm -hmm. uh, as their ultimate deliverable. Mm. Um, yeah, and I, I just, it's necessary and growing uh, and very valuable to us, and we're, we're lucky enough to work with really good partners. Yeah. yeah. Do you have any kind of time? estimate on when it starts reaching critical mass that more people are embracing the oh, productization right now right now uh, look we we have we have 500 unit pipeline uh -huh. we're developers that are volumetric modular and either <laughs> productization is going to happen or we're going to make it happen yeah um, we we like to we contribute in a very special way to the fabricators process because we ask very construction questions you know mm -hmm. <laughs> um, there's no scientists in our office you know um, so, uh, I feel that that helps push that, that process forward mm -hmm. and we are, um, you know, that's part of the value we bring to the, to the whole ecosystem. Mm -hmm. So, uh, productization is not a limiting factor and it's not holding us back from executing more projects and um, where it's going to be in 10 years, I have no idea, but I do know that it'll be better than today. Yeah. <laughs> it's not going backwards. <laughs> there <laughs> so, you go. <laughs> that's good, right? Keep marching forward. Calling all innovators. In just a few weeks, you can attend a free online training event that could change your work life. BIMUP is for innovative construction professionals like you, offering over 200 classes from May 23rd through the 25th that cover BIM best practices, Revit, AutoCAD, and lots of other topics that can help improve the way you work. I think you'll get a ton of value by attending. To sign up, simply go to asti.com slash BIMUP. Hope to see you there. Yeah. Uh, so tell me a bit more about your presentation today. Right. What was it on? So I focused on uh, zooming in on the questions first. I just answered them straight out. Uh, and it had to do with um, site sequence. Like what happens on site when you're bringing mods together? Because uh -huh. that's a huge, what people perceive as a large risk that we mitigate as part of our effectively our, our business offering um, and it's to ultimately walk through like uh, where to put the moths, what sequence mm -hmm. to lay them in, where's the crane gonna go that's at the um, site level mm -hmm. and then at the uh, individual mod level when to put uh, how to I, I showed an image early in my career when I you know really 
really underestimated something and I saw a markup from my boss that came in and was like, you better not make this mistake again. Showed that up on the screen and I walked through uh, laying structural connections between mods as you're laying them out in sequence. And uh, I think that was really useful because I, you know, I see a lot of um, high level discussions, a lot of um, uh, important uh, intelligent sounding stuff. Mm. And I wanted to get just right down to the just very nitty gritty exactly mm. what's happening, you know. Yeah. Um, so I went through that example, and then I zoomed out to how our organization thinks about uh, setting itself up to leverage volumetric modular in a mm. tighter uh, supply chain, and uh, and then talked about the Ventura project because I've been on it for two years now, and uh, it's really exciting. And so I talked about that for the balance. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. I, I love that you, you started with a mistake that yeah. <laughs> you yeah, made yeah. and being willing to share that. Most yeah. people in just general, but in construction <laughs> too, will never share yeah. the mistakes. In it. But that's where you really learn a, a huge lesson. You never made that mistake right. again, I'm And assuming. now no one, there was at least, <laughs> I thought there was gonna be like five people in there. There was like 50. Um, so none of them are gonna make this thing now, yeah. if they were paying attention. Yeah, you know. Uh, <laughs> um, so no, uh, yeah, that was. I thought that was super valuable for me, and uh, I could pass that along whenever. And if I have to admit to a mistake to to improve <laughs> the industry as a whole, I'm okay with that. Yeah, for sure. No, I think it takes more of that that mindset throughout the industry to to really help progress it and move it forward. Yeah, we, we talk a, a ton about innovation here on the show, and that's a huge tenet of innovation yeah. is being able to learn from your failures and right, mistakes right. that you've made. You know, right. that's where you really learn the most. You know, uh, it's funny, just on a, on a high level, too, the, the idea that uh, I'm not sure people outside of our industry understand just how much is coming at us mm -hmm. early in a project. Yeah. You know, if you have an issue with, uh, with focus, I think construction will just break you. Because, <laughs> you know, I, I made a joke that, like, we were, I was, we were talking about permitting and streamlining and conversation that should have happened earlier, lessons mm -hmm. learned again at the project level. And um, <laughs> it's a... Well, early on, I was like, I didn't know if we were like, you know, trying to refine the the fountainhead in the dog park, or if we wanted to focus on the permitting track. And you know, that's like a, a you know a personal discipline that I think you develop. You know, I think your first decade in construction and, and development is really learning how to prioritize and reprioritize in real time. Mm -hmm. uh, literally hundreds and hundreds of items. Yeah. Uh, that you know, um, the only limiting factors knowing what's coming down the pipeline and what mm -hmm. I mentioned earlier about disciplines and people trying to or, or naturally wanting to stay in their own lane mm -hmm. um, is less conducive to getting that wide funnel to organize and prioritize everything mm -hmm. and I think the more conversations happen earlier the, the more you can prioritize mm -hmm. because then you know everything that's there yeah does oh, that make sure. sense yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely I'm a huge believer that planning on the front side saves you so much time on yeah once you start getting into the, the nitty gritty of it. And it also allows you the ability to be flexible and adapt in real time. If you haven't planned up front, good luck yeah. adapting. Because what are you adapting from? You know, you're just like right. trying to put out fire with your spit, you know? It's over, it's, <laughs> it's over, it's happen. over before it started. In life and in construction. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Uh, I totally forgot where my next question was gonna go. <laughs> yeah, <all right. laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, any misconceptions on construction that you you see from people outside of wow. the industry? Well, uh, of course. I mean, I told the, it's still funny to me because I say, it asks me what I do, and I'll say, oh, 
architecture, engineering, I'm a real estate developer, mm. and I build houses in factories. And I was just like, people I, I don't know from anywhere or anywhere in any element. And it's just the immediate reaction is, like, what do you mean? Right. What, houses yeah, in, houses in yeah, buildings, yeah. you know? So I always like to throw it out there and sort of check my own ego regularly. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, misconception is that we don't build any houses inside of factories, you know? Yeah. Uh, so that's fun. Uh, we are a significant part of the market share at this point, but I guess if you're from the outside in, it's not mm -hmm. mainstream stuff. But I'm so far removed from that now. Yeah. <laughs> Almost two decades in, it feels like. But, well, why do you think yeah. it's not as well known outside of a little bubble ecosystem? I never ask the of these questions, and I appreciate you asking. <laughs> um, I don't know. I think um, I think it's just not something we associate with uh, with manufacturing. Everything else is, everyone kind of understands that everything else comes from there, but, uh, you know, I, I, there was Ryan E. Smith wrote a great book, uh, I don't know if you know him, he's a, as a academic researcher, and he always talks about processes and industrialized construction, mm -hmm. um, and one of the things that struck me when I was, I read his book and then started just going on Google Rampages, and I ended up on, like, commercials in Japan about housing, or prefabricated mm -hmm. housing. They like have malls. There's commercials. There's they have mascots like Geico, basically the Geico of home building, you know. And so I've never seen that here. Uh, right. the, you know, you can pull up like some Sears catalogs from like a hundred years ago, <laughs> and that's kind of cool. But like you haven't, I haven't seen mass marketing around. And I don't know if it's appropriate, but uh, or we're ready for it. But that would that would probably influence public perception. Yeah. Uh, but it's kind of fun that it's like a secret. <laughs> Well, but yes, we don't want to keep it. Yes, that. And no, but it's very we have to get it out. Yeah. But you get it. <laughs> yeah, there's a. There's, we have to get it out. I think that I'm gonna not get on my soapbox, but there is a, a huge marketing problem in construction that Ugh. we do not tell the stories that we need to. Yeah. Outside of our our comfort right. zone circle that right. we're talking to all the time, and they don't fully need to know. Yes, they they need to know inside the bubble because there's so many people that don't know the depth. Or think that it's only for like huge projects, and you're like, mm -hmm. no prefab can go down to very yeah. small projects as well too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think we, as an industry, have to do a much better job of marketing ourselves to people outside of construction to and bring amplify those voices. And you're here doing that, so you know that's awesome. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what it is. There is a lot of inter inter industry chatter yeah. always, perpetually. Um, <laughs> But it would be nice to have some of that focus outward, and maybe it's just a matter of time. I hope so. But yeah. uh, I think there's some problem solving. I think you're you're doing more of it than me. <laughs> we got to make construction cool again. That's yeah. Oh, that's a good T-shirt. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Modular on Mars is another one I thought of. Oh, there you go. I got some good T-shirt ideas. I like it. <laughs> I like it. There, there's a nugget there. <laughs> Very cool. Uh, yeah. Well, what does innovation mean to you? Oh, um, you know, uh, I've always had sort of uh, a deep thinking um, life interest. Uh, so for me, innovation is, is thinking through problems uh, in a different way, trying to get some distance from them mm -hmm. and coming up with something new. And if it doesn't work, um, just continuing to try until you hit something. Mm -hmm. I think, uh, I don't know a lot about it. I don't, you know, I'm not in the innovation circles, but uh, I find that like anything, uh, repetitive thought and iteration is, is what gets us where we need to go. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's what innovation means to me. Nice. So how do people find out more about Leap of Faith Partners and connect with you? 
uh, lof.la. Uh, no. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, look us up. We're in LA. Leave Faith Partners. I think there's only one of us. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and the Project Inventura will be out there uh, in about three months. Uh, and yeah, it'll be really exciting to, to have anybody and everybody see what we're doing. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, last question for you. If I yeah. could give you all construction power, you could snap your fingers, innovate yeah. one thing in construction, what would you pick to innovate? Hmm. Uh, you know, like they have the, um, like you could, there was all these tech companies that came out that could map where your oil deposits were mm -hmm. <laughs> and everywhere. And they, there's huge companies that just do that. It'd be great if we could just map all sites for all undergrounds everywhere yeah. <laughs> and then we don't call the dig company we just get a digital model of exactly what's under our project maybe those are just publicly available forget it you know that would be my i'd like that yeah that'd be pretty you know? cool yeah yeah i like it we'll snap we'll make it happen <laughs> thank you save us a mil million bucks every yeah day. <laughs> there you go awesome well thanks so much for taking the time and joining the show anthony wonderful thank you bridging the gap is hosted directed and produced by Todd Wyant, edited and produced by Eric Daniel. Bridging the Gap is an Applied Software Great Tech Group production. Copyright Applied Software Great Tech Group 2023.